Welcome to Thought Crime and Keto Crime, where Tracy does the sleuthing so you don't have to. Welcome to Thought Crime and Keto Crime, where Tracy does the sleuthing so you don't have to. Everyone, welcome to Thought Crime and Keto and Crime. Today I have my good friend, comedian Michelle Muldoon. Uh, we're going to be discussing the Janet March case. For those of you that watched part one where I did the uh, overview of the case, now we're going to get into some high-class chat about it. High-class uh, chat. Oh, good. You've already talked about an overview of the case. Well, those are my notes, are, are a lot about what happened. Oh, um, first of all, Michelle, tell my audience who you are. Oh. Hi, I'm Michelle Hi. Muldoon. I'm Hi. Tracy's <laughs> friend, sometimes comedian, you know. She's actually very funny. She doesn't give herself enough credit. But oh, well, in her that. day job, because we both have day jobs, yes. we, uh, she's a interpreter for the hearing impaired, correct? I am. I'm a sign language interpreter. I am uh, not doing any of that right now. No. <laughs> Every time I see them come up on the news where they've always got the interpreters, I'm like, I wish that yeah. was Michelle. I know. I don't. I'm glad it's not me. It's too, <laughs> it's too much. It's like, I'm, I'd be so afraid I was going to fuck it up. <laughs> And then they're all like, they're all like, we can, we can trace back this terrible outbreak to this one specific terrible interpreter that got on the news. <laughs> news at 11. <laughs> anyway, I have, uh, I have actual nightmares about that. So let's move on. Okay. <laughs> all right. Uh, I'm sorry. But okay. Yeah. Janet March case. Janet March case. Let, let's dive into it. Yes. So um, I was, I guess, like eight when this happened. Mm -hmm. I don't remember a whole lot of it, like, while it was happening. I don't either. I, it's not one that I was real familiar with. And having lived in Nashville almost 20 years now, I was surprised I didn't know about it. But it which, se which seems kind of crazy that the both of us would have missed this. In the aftermath, because the whole thing, I mean, it took 10 years to wrap it up, even. Yeah, and it's unsolved. Um, They've never found a body that I know of. Well. Unless you have information, I don't. They, they have not found a body. No. Um, however, how much, how much of the case have we gone over already? A basic overview? Uh, yes, just a basic overview of when it happened, you know, the controversy, her and Perry met. Chicago, him becoming a lawyer, him kind of mooching off her parents. Yes, okay, great, um, great, 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 great. And then he got dismissed from Bassbury Sims, to whom I have delivered many packages when I was a courier. No kidding. Uh, that's a personal, that's called a personal connection. Yes, it is. <laughs> yeah, like for, for sending uh, really sexually explicit letters to a paralegal. Yeah. Yeah, like I read some of them, and I'm like, oh, I I did not, and I because I can't, I not not good though. Let's they, let's tell me about they're, it. They're not. I wouldn't call them sexy. I would call them just creepy. I mean, it was like such a thin line. Yeah, there was a fine yeah. line between yeah. sexy and creepy. Stuff like I can't wait to pleasure you, and I want my oh, tongue no. tongue in places, and no. just like, ooh, oh. And he did them anonymously, so like this, this 
this paralegal had no idea who's who they were even coming from. Apparently, he didn't do it that anonymously because it seems like they didn't have a hard time figuring out that it was him. No. Uh, Here's the thing: it sounds like from the very start, Perry March is a colossal wang, and it, it just uh, really uh, not anywhere near as smart as he seems to think that he is. No, and I think that went back to his dad because his dad was an interesting character. Oh my, Ar Arthur. Arthur, not much Arthur on his March. mom that I could find. No, but, I, I didn't hear anything about his but mom. She, she had passed away, I think, when he was a teenager or something. But uh, his father, Arthur, was kind of a know-it-all, and I think that's where he and, got it. And literally, the probably the reason that he ended up being convicted was because mm -hmm. his dad also can't keep his fucking mouth shut exactly, exactly. i'm like <laughs> just, you're in mexico you're living in mexico you're living in a foreign yes. country how hard is it just to keep your mouth shut how hard is it just keep your mouth shut yeah. they don't they didn't have a body this is the thing it's infuriating you are a lot you are an attorney sir mm -hmm. You should know better than that. Oh my gosh. But he loved to run his mouth and that was that the, was his problem. Yeah, he ran it to well, everybody. Biggest problem. The thing is, if you if you look at any of his interviews that he gave, he was not winning any Emmys for those. No. No. That was he was looking back on that, it's clear that he knows what happened to her and that he's trying to like put the scent on himself. My first indication is when they, you know, what I've researched, you know, they were pretty atypical articles and stuff. They didn't really put forth an opinion. They were actually pretty, you know, mm -hmm. generic as, you know, media used to be. Now, all media, most media has a spin to it, but these didn't. Sure. And they were talking about um, how he, the calls he made to his dad, his brother, uh, her parents the night that she supposedly walked out and said she would be gone for 12 days. For 12 days, which is a odd number. It's a not an odd number. It's actually an even number, but it's odd. Number, but it's a weird number. Yeah. <laughs> and it's one of those things where it's like he's you're a bad liar. Mm -hmm. He's he's putting too much detail into his lie. Exactly. And just the calls to her parents and just immediately letting them know that she was gone. Had they seen her? It's like he was almost too concerned, if that makes sense. Like, right. And she left a to-do list. Yeah, of like chores because evidently the majority of their fights was because he sat on his duff and didn't do anything around the house. Which, honestly, that's probably true. Yeah. <laughs> but honestly, they lived in Forest Hills. They could have hired a, 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 in a housekeeper. In a 5,000 square foot house. And Forest Hills, I think, for people who don't know, if there was like a Yelp review for Forest Hills, it would have $4 signs next year. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, for, to put it in proper context, Dr. Witherspoon, Reese Witherspoon's father, that's mm -hmm. where they lived before. Yeah. He's a... I think cardiac surgeon. Her mom was a professor at Vanderbilt University. Big money. Also $4 sign jobs. Yes. So, so live in the $4 dollar sign neighborhood. So Michelle and I are not living in Forest Hills. We are sure not, no. Mm -hmm. I've um, delivered no. food to houses in Forest Hills. How was it? Good. And they tip real well. I mean. Oh, well, that's good. I feel yeah. like it could go either way in a $4 yeah. signs neighborhood yeah. where they tip either really well or not at all. Yeah. Best tip I ever got was when I was delivering in uh, 
Beverly Hills. It's when I was in, I was in LA for comedy and I, my courier job let me pick up some shifts there. And I delivered to a huge house off of Mulholland Drive, like the uh -huh. famous curvy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Where the Hollywood Hills and uh, had no idea who the house belonged to. The housekeeper came to the door and said, oh, and he said, bring everything in. He just doesn't like stuff against, like placed against his wall like okay. deliveries because it was a huge house it was like movie posters everywhere I'm like this dude's a producer and I wish I could figure out who it was but anyway I put it all down and put it all out and then she, she handed me $150 in cash just like nothing when I Amazing. walked out. but that's like $15 to that I was gonna say yeah in yeah in Nashville money that's like <laughs> it's like a, worth a third of that what's the yeah. exchange rate on LA money to Nashville money probably about 10 times, <laughs> Ten times. Okay. good question so okay so the babysitter says that the day that Janet disappears mm -hmm. she's at she's at the computer all day mm -hmm. I guess presumably typing up this to-do list wink 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 um really what she was probably doing was figuring out that her husband was a sexual harassment dynamo interesting you should say that because <laughs> later on i believe it was either her not her sister but her friend because i don't think she but a friend of hers that were kind of helping her around the house said that yeah. they had found a manila envelope the day yes. before she disappeared let me find yes that that was her yeah name on it name and address on it that had all the information from the Bassberry Sims paralegal incident inside of it. Yes. So theoretically, she had learned just the day before she mm -hmm. quote unquote walked out that even more so she let's be honest, she already knew that her husband was a dick, but oh yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. But now she's got confirmation. And probably that he's a different sort of dick. Than she was thinking this whole time right yes yes okay we have to think so, about oh i'm sorry no go ahead no, just thinking people will wonder why would she put up with it well first of all it was the 90s you know not as hard uh -huh. not as easy to walk out and get a divorce at that time <laughs> easier than it was in the 50s but not quite right, where we are sure. now but um she also came from a very wealthy jewish family that family was very important so mm -hmm. she had two kids she worked from home as a children's right. book illustrator she kind of had it made in the shade in one regard so i don't think she was willing to shake it up until maybe that was the breaking point where that, she i would yeah there are a lot of reasons that people stay in relationships reportedly they were fighting all the time yeah yeah, yeah. but like if you're just fighting all the time, like you said, you've got two kids, mm -hmm. you're trying to make it work, thinking something, if only this happens, then everything will be fine. Mm -hmm. But no, that would be the breaking point for me. Oh, yeah. My breaking point would probably come a lot quicker than... I mean, than, I think... Yeah, I think yours would be, honest. honestly, yeah. It would, but if... I, I just understand why that would be the... That seems like a very obvious straw there yeah. I, th there'd uh, be a night where i'd have one too many glass of wine and they'd end up out in the yard or something you know with me pointing the gun at them or something well and then we and then we would do a very different kind of <laughs> yeah it would be a very different story i suppose if you were janet march wouldn't it 
<laughs> it would probably be <laughs> it been the, the, day the death. <laughs> would have been the death of Perry March at the hands of his scorned wife, Tracy Barclay. <laughs> Which I, I don't know. That'd be that'd be fun. We'll put a pin in that. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I like it. No, put a pin in that. I like it. So finally, two weeks after she's gone. Perry March decides that he's going to report her missing to the police. Because remember, she was going to be, she told him she was going to be gone for 12 days. And her parents wanted to report her missing after like three days, but he said, let's give her the 12 days she gave us. Well, and, and you know what? And people are mad at her parents for that, but like, they, at this point, they have no reason to like, yeah, distrust him, you know? Mm-hmm. I mean, they have no reason to think that he has murdered her, certainly. No. Uh, Perry is a, like, associate attorney or maybe even a junior partner at, the fa- at her father's law firm. So mm-hmm. the father right. works with yeah. him every day. They know? have no reason to think that. And, and also, I, I feel like everybody knew that they were fighting a lot and that they were having marital problems. And so it's like, there's a lot of plausible deniability at that point where I was mm-hmm. like, well, yeah, things were bad. Okay, but so then... She misses her oldest son's birthday party that she had planned yep, and sent invitations to, and then misses his first day of school. Day of school. And, the son, and I think, yeah, tells the teacher, I didn't even get to say goodbye to my mom, which was just heartbreaking. Oh, God. I actually know somebody who went to school with him. Wow. The son? Like, yeah, yeah. It was a, a weird, a weird time, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. Um, Okay, so I, I paid a lot of attention in my notes to this timeline because it's so banana pants. Mm. Okay, so she goes missing or quote-unquote walks out. She goes mm. missing for 12 days. At 14 days, the police are, are informed that she's gone and has been gone for 14 days mm-hmm. and that she's missed her kid's first day of school. This is August 96. Right. So, She's missed right. his first day of school and um, his birthday party that she planned. Okay. Mm-hmm. So then nine days after that, what is 14 plus nine? <laughs> that is 23. Uh, it's 23. 23 days. So just over three weeks so that after she's been gone, they find her um, car backed into a parking spot at an apartment complex. And, and it- all of her shit is in the car including her passport and stuff right and they think the scene looks staged well yeah i mean why would somebody that was leaving for 12 day vacation leave her not bring all their shit with them yeah also and also her friends said that she was a terrible driver driver, that's like me if my car was found backed in perfectly (laughs) and i'm missing my wife did it because she is the good driver that backs in everywhere i would never even attempt to back in <laughs> that's you heard it here first y'all if we ever find Tracy Everett was missing and her car is backed in somewhere the wife did it so then at this point the police are like hold up I think this might be a murder like it took them that long, that long. To- <laughs> she just disappeared she just walked like highway to heaven just walked down the road and disappeared you know right and everybody thought that was okay. I know. But also, this is, ni- again, this is 1996 in a $4 sign neighborhood. 
Yeah, true. So, true. There's no crimes happening there. There's no crimes uh, happening except there. Except white-collar variety. Right. Yeah. So, so then the police, in their continued infinite wisdom in this situation, tell Perry Marks that they are interested in the hard drive of the computer at the house. Mm-hmm. And so we need that hard drive. So then they search the house after that. And wouldn't you know, the hard drive has been removed from the computer. Who'd have thought, Who would have thought that something like that could have happened? Who just gone. Have? Not even wiped. Just gone. Not even wiped. Just gone. Just gone. So at this point, Perry is on television all the time. He cannot stay off of television. Mm-hmm. And he is doing, like, bad dramatic reenactments of what he thinks a sad yeah. husband, a sad, bewildered husband is supposed to look like in an interview. Mm-hmm. There was a Tennessean reporter that actually they interviewed on one of the documentaries I was able to watch that said that she was sitting there thinking the whole time, dude, shut up. Uh-huh. No one wants to hear this. I know. That's what ev- I think that's what everyone thought the whole time and probably what his poor dead wife thought too. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, just shut up. Not so, so I actually just, uh, I watched uh, Dominic Dunn's Power, Privilege, and Justice mm-hmm. about this. It was on YouTube. Mm-hmm. I saw that one too. I did not want to pay money no. to watch, a, to watch a, a crime documentary. No, no. Okay. That's why this one's always free, folks. <laughs> always yep. free. So he, yes. So he's just like on TV over here and on TV over there. And he won't stop talking about, we don't even know what happened. She just left. It's all fine. Mm-hmm. He's protesting too much. So then three weeks into the investigation, right, which is five weeks that she's been gone, he just fucks off to Chicago with the kids. <laughs> yeah. Just Bye. Like an innocent person does. Yeah, just ran with the hard drive, probably. Probably. Where do you think he kept the hard drive? I don't know. I, I don't know. Probably in the trunk of his car, as stupid as he was. I mean, I, I, I have no idea. I don't think they ever found the hard drive. But no, I, I hadn't heard that they... I feel like if they had found the hard drive, there would have been more... Yeah, we would have had no more of the story. Because <laughs> everything we know is still conjecture. It's still mainly based on the word of the father, author. His confession. Well, That's all we know. I believe it. I believe it. I, I do too. I mean, I do too. He had no reason to lie. He was going to prison. I yeah. mean, so all that stuff about being forced out of the law firm, this is like about when we find that out, right? Or mm-hmm. like when the police find that out. And his father in law, who had no idea when he hired him at his law firm. I find that rich people very conveniently just sweep things under the rug. Or or just, like, don't ask any follow-up questions. How many, like, $7 an hour jobs have you had to take a drug test for? (laughs) And, like, like $300,000 a year jobs, they're like, no, no, just don't tell me anything. It's cool. Yes. Yeah. Oh, oh, you, you stopped working at your, your other law firm? No, no, no follow-up questions. And Come on. Prestig- <laughs> in context, Bassbury Sims is one of the most prestigious law firms in the country. They handle, so people just don't leave Bassbury Sims unless they move up to a higher position. 
or start sending sexually horribly explicit letters to paralegals. paralegals. Right. I'm on. Is it? It's kind of fucked up. I I was glad that they uh, law firm actually fired him. Me too. Instead of firing her. Yeah. It shows that they weren't wanting to cover it. And he actually, they actually like helped with the agreement, so to speak, you know, that he signed to pay her $25,000. Which seems like not enough thousands of dollars. No, but you have to think of it's 1990s money. That's probably the equivalent of 35, 40,000, which still. Still not enough dollars. That's true. Prestigious law firm like that. That's crazy. But. I digress. That, but they that, still kind of swept it under the rug. You know, they fired him and they made him sign that and pay her and then kind of no one mm-hmm. pressed charges. So maybe they did kind of sweep it under the rug in a way. But they did stand up for her, which is good. Which is like more than a lot of people would do. A lot of people get. Okay. So then two months after she's disappeared, her parents hold a memorial mm-hmm. for her. Realizing that at that point, the likelihood that she's still alive is low. Yep. Perry, in his infinite, totally not guilty wisdom, um, says publicly to anyone who will listen that it's too soon to have a memorial. And so he and the kids do not show up. Yeah. Which, yeah. was tacky, if nothing else. At the very least it was very tacky and i i can't i really really feel for those kids me too who like didn't have that opportunity for that memorial with him i mean their mom was just gone just gone they didn't even get a chance to say goodbye to. well right so then after that after he doesn't show up to the memorial he fucks off to mexico with the kids to his father's house Yes, Insur- uh, yeah. enter Arthur March. Again. <laughs> Allegedly ex-military. Everybody that talked about him was like, he claimed that he was a Green Beret. Okay. Like, no one ever saw proof of I, that. I guess. Maybe, maybe he, like, he had a Green Beret. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I got a little red one. And, like, a, and like a gun safe. Like, yeah, possibly. <laughs> But supposedly he was a caretaker for a wealthy family in Mexico. Mm-hmm. So had a house on their property, and that's where Perry and the kids ended up. Yes, in a place outside of Guadalajara, right. in like a resort town, it sounds like. Mm-hmm. So uh, from Mexico, Perry grows this terrible goatee, and it keeps on giving interviews. It's and bad. Have you seen the goat? Practices law, some some sort of some, sort of paraprofessional something in Mexico. Which I'm gonna I, say like pseudo pseudo legal. We'll say yeah, sub legal yeah. maybe. Yeah. Practices sub law. I don't know. I can't imagine what he was doing. I, <sighs> Contracts maybe. I don't know something. Don't know. Anyway. Have you seen the goatee though? Did you see the goatee? Yeah, that that was bad. The Mexico goatee. That that, that that's deserving of at least you know, part of his prison sentence. If nothing. I, right. I mean, it's like he thought he was going to join the Backstreet Boys or something. It was not. <laughs> it was, I'm just saying, an innocent, an, innocent man, an innocent man doesn't grow that. Kind. I guess it was 90s, but I, whatever. 
So uh, he remarries a, a real hottie. Yeah, who had three Carmen, kids. Who had yeah. three kids, and then they have one together. So now we're up to six kids. That's how many people are on a baseball team? <laughs> Seven, eight. They and Arthur, they had exactly a, a baseball team there. Yeah, exactly a baseball. I see. I knew you would know. I don't know. <laughs> I should have asked you about a softball team. <laughs> I was very good, I'm, a bitch. I'm right. I, I'm just saying. I'm sorry. That was insensitive of me to no, ask you about baseball I, instead I of softball. Those, I, I, no, I mean, to, I, I mean to field hockey and softball and i meant parents. to ask you about baseball instead of softball yeah. i should have that was insensitive <laughs> and i stand parents, by the i stand by the question some people i knew were still still surprised when i came out of the closet even though i played softball and field hockey i'm like well you, you know, know. <laughs> so somehow now we're in may 2000 mm-hmm. i guess he's just ran under the radar living his life in mexico unclear how long he kept the goatee yeah, I know that's the hard-hitting info that your listeners want, but <laughs> I don't have I don't have any more information about the goatee. Clearly, if Michelle had been an investigator on that case, that would have been like at least number three on her list. You know how in like movies when they do like a timeline, have you ever seen like Sliding Doors, mm-hmm. where she changes her hair in one of the timelines so that it's like easier to remember? Yeah. In the uh, event, like movie adaptation of this, you would have to have different personifications different facial in the beard. Hair. <laughs> keep because the timeline goes on for so long. I know it's a ten years, and and then it, more. It's part, not even partially resolved. I mean, half of it in that they're in prison, but you no, know, right? Where's her body? What did you actually do to her? Well, yeah, you're serving so, fifty-six years. You can tell us now. Yeah, right. Well, well let's we're skipping ahead to the, Sorry. To well, the end of the story. They know, they know. Well, that's fine. I still I still I'm sorry. Talk about it. No, it's all right. Somehow we're in May 2000. Yeah. My next my next note goes to May 2000, mm-hmm. uh which was 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. That's weird. So sit with that for a moment. <sighs> that was not 10 years ago. That was no. 20 years ago. So a judge decides that Carolyn and Larry Levine, mm-hmm. Janet's parents, right. can have custody of the kids. Right. So they go to Mexico. Well, he didn't show up for the trials. I mean, they, they sued for right. custody. He just didn't show up. Right. So they were given, mm-hmm. they were granted custody of mm-hmm. the children. So then the parents... Carolyn and Larry Levine go to Mexico, grab the kids from school, and fly them back to Nashville. Right. Perry is pissed. As normally a parent would be, I suppose. As normally a parent would be. So custody battle ensues, and then they're, they have to return the kids to Mexico. And then they sue him. And for then wrongful they death. them for wrongful death, and they win. Mil- several million dollars. Yeah, settlement. yes. Can't remember the exact number, but it was a lot. It was like, write it down. I the took largest wrongful death case awarded by Tennessee court at that time. At that time, yes. 
Okay, so now, I don't know, so now I jump forward to summer of 2004. And my, my notes here say, summer 2004, full psychopath Perry March sends a magazine photo to the Nashville DA. Mm -hmm. Saying that she was seen at the Olympic Games in Greece. Mm -hmm. And none of the women in the picture look like her. <laughs> She's like, no, it's that one. <laughs> she looks different in Greece. <laughs> it's the Mediterranean diet. You look, <laughs> you look different. It's that one. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's the Mediterranean free spirit. It makes that you look thing. different. It makes you look like a different person. <laughs> Why did he even do that? Because he can't stop. That's what he said. It was over. The, the Nashville courts reversed the million dollar judgment. He didn't have to pay it. Yes. In all essence, the investigation had ground to a stop. Keep your mouth shut. They ready. had no evidence. If he had just zipped it, mm. every, it would have been over. Yeah. It would have been over. And he would have lived in Mexico with his hot wife and all their baseball team of kids. And Arthur. And, and Arthur, who owns a Green Beret. And they could play baseball. <laughs> and they could play baseball, baseball, and Mexico <laughs> in paradise forever. Yep. But no. <laughs> he was like, <laughs> this is, I'm, I don't know if this, if the video of this goes anywhere, but I'm, for those listening without even, I'm miming a, Clipping a picture out of a magazine. Oh, we're going to put the full videos on YouTube. So. Oh, good. And he's going. And then the audio will go to my podcast. <laughs> he says, ah, I have an idea. Clip, 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 clip. <laughs> I'm going to just send this to the DA. Yeah. To really get him off my scent. That but he shaved the beard. So maybe he thought that, that, would, that would convince him. Yeah, maybe. They were like, well, he doesn't look like a supervillain anymore. <laughs> And she sort of resembles Janet, this one, on a, yeah, sort of. If I had my glasses off, <laughs> if I took my glasses off, I'd be like, oh my gosh, that's, there she is. She's in Greece. She's alive. Or if I had, like, touched my glasses and so there were, like, fingerprints on him, mm -hmm. then I'd be like, he's an innocent man. Yep. So at this point... The DA indicts Perry March for murder and arranges for his extradition, despite the evidence being thin, no. tenuous. And again, his mouth. If he could have just sat and remained <laughs> silent like most people that are accused of murder and let so his lawyers work on it. When it really goes off the rails for me. <laughs> this is the point. <laughs> When this changes from just like a normal story to like full throttle white knuckle bat shittery, mm -hmm. so mm -hmm. it says, "Note a dumbass Perry won't shut his fucking mouth." Yep, he will yep. not do it. So he becomes friends with one Russell Nathaniel Ferris, noted East Nashville criminal. <laughs> He had to be the only, now this is going to be awful, but I think he was probably the only, like, white criminal in East Nashville at that 100%. time. A hundred percent. Well, actually, what are we talking, 2004? Maybe not. Yeah, maybe not. Well, whatever. You're not, you're not 
this is really wrong. Okay, so he's like the most redneck looking man I've ever seen in my life. He is. He's got that, that like wavy, that wavy question mark tattoo on his yeah. throat. Yeah. And what Perry didn't know is that he was a lifelong pigeon that he liked to commit crimes and then get other people to talk to him and then tell people, people about it. Yeah. People, police people. Yeah. So he's in there, I guess, on his own, like, attempted murder charge mm -hmm. or something. He, Perry becomes friends <laughs> with uh, Russell Nathaniel the Riddler, Riddler. Ferris. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, this guy, this guy seems trustworthy. I'm going to ask him to kill my in-laws. Now, we have evidence of this. Yeah, because he told everyone. Because Ferris agrees to, to essentially get wired in jail. They're not even, they're not in the same cell. They're in cells next to each other. And Ferris is like, yeah, I would love to record this. <laughs> not to mention you probably have Jerome and, I don't know, Tom yes. in the next Everyone cell Everyone else listening. has ears. It's not... <laughs> Yes. Also, everyone else has ears. But, like, so he wears his wire, and there is, there's audio. There's audio of Perry not only asking, asking this dude to, to murder poor uh, Carolyn and Larry, who have done nothing this whole time, but, like, Try to do what's best for their grandchildren and figure out what happened to their daughter. Mm -hmm. And not only that, he's like, also, check out Arturo in Mexico. He's got your back. I keep calling him Arturo. I think it's just Arthur. <laughs> it's Arthur. <laughs> but you can adi Alejandro. I mean, I'm just saying, throw a Hawaiian shirt on him. Arturo. <laughs> <laughs> he's like, also... Arthur March, that's A-R-T-H-U-R-M-A-R-C-H. He lives just outside. His address is, I mean, he basically, he's like, my dad's also going to, uh, he'll keep you after it's done. alias, but you need an alias. Oh, me, but you need an alias. And he was, what was it? Givens? Billy Givens? Billy Givens. Billy Givens. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he's like, great, sounds definitely like a real name. Right. I love it. So we got audio of, of him doing this and then offering his dad his dad's like shelter and getaway. Mm -hmm. Not to mention that his house is owned by whomever he works for and he's just offering to harbor a criminal. I did not know that. And that, of course it was. Of he was course, a caretaker. He of course he was a caretaker of someone else's home and just kept inviting people to come live there. <laughs> he did do, i mean do we think that arthur had like a frontal lobe injury or something because he also made bad choices the whole way from start to finish the cops are like i think we're ready to do some subterfuge and not just pre-tell perry march what we're about to do so that he can cover up his tracks so they pretend like ferris is getting out on bond and then send him to a different county jail mm -hmm. 
so that Perry thinks that he's out. But Ferris is out and is doing the deed. And went immediately to Forest Hills to kill the Levins. Yes. Yep. Was on his way to Forest Hills to kill the Levines. Okay. So, and then he starts calling Arthur a bunch. I, I feel like Billy Glivens, since he's going by this alias, would yeah. have really, if he had have gone to Forest Hill, would have really stood out there. Yeah. <laughs> if even if he had attempted. To, yeah. <laughs> to actually kill the Levines. Um, so my next note says Arthur runs his goddamn mouth like a fucking idiot and tries to mansplain murder. Yeah. <laughs> well, the thing about it is, he they actually had Billy call Arthur and say that the deed has been done. Well, right. But even him, before, I'm in Houston on my way to Mexico. Yes. Before that, though, before that, though, he calls Arthur and Arthur's like, here's what you gotta do. Oh, yeah. Told him how to get away with this. it. I'm like, what a stupid. I wear surgical gloves and never take them off. That one phrase just sticks out to me because he told him where. Yes, mine too. Mm-hmm. Me too. I did also notice that, and was like, um, just never take just don't don't take off. them off. <laughs> I love these gloves. They're part of me now. <laughs> Uh, so anyway, as a result of that, both Arthur and Perry are charged with conspir- conspiracy to commit murder. Mm-hmm. And when Billy makes, Billy, quote-unquote, mm-hmm. makes uh, arrangements for Arthur to pick him up at the Guadalajara airport, mm-hmm. there is a FBI agent there instead, mm-hmm. because now that all this has happened via phone, they are now into federal, federal <laughs> crime territory. <laughs> Which is, seems obvious, but Mm. so many things have seemed obvious this whole time that didn't happen. Um, So this is, it's been 10 years now. Mm -hmm. This is, this is 2006. It's been 10 years since her initial disappearance. Arthur sings like a beautiful bird. (laughs) Yes, he does. He just, I know I'm going to prison, but please, can you make it? And a lesser sentence and maybe not such a bad prison. Fully throws his own child under the bus. Mm-hmm. And tells us what happened. And tells us what happened, which I tend to I tend to believe him yeah, at I this do. point. I, do. Um, I suppose we don't have any other evidence necessarily to support his statement, but he thought that he was going to get 18 months instead of a long time in, in exchange for this. And was, I just feel like if you're that willing to throw your own kid under the bus, like, why would he be lying? Mm-hmm. You know, like, why would you, why would you lie and then still like implicate your kid? You know? Yeah. Um, According to him, Janet has died in a quote-unquote accident. He's very adamant. He's very adamant that Perry never said he killed her. Right. But the thing of it is, according to Arthur now, allegedly, yes, they started arguing about the Hope Asbury Sims thing, uh-huh. and she came at him physically, supposedly, and he accidentally, 
accidentally mm-hmm. picks up a wrench and hits her with it. There was not. I'm sorry. I find it hard to believe that there was a wrench anywhere in that house. <laughs> they never fixed anything. No. Anywhere in that house, much less easily accessible. In the inner sanctum of the house. In the inner, yeah. Like, were they fighting in one of the garages? <laughs> if you really wanted to make it a accident, then okay, it got physical and he hit her with his hand. You know, and it did whatever. Yet another Something reason. more believable. Yet another reason why I think that he's telling the truth in this statement. Right. Because, again, why would you lie to make it worse? Yeah. So why wouldn't you lie? If you're going to lie, you would want everyone to look better. Right. No, there's no way that Perry went out to the garage, got a wrench, or went and bought a wrench because there were no wrenches available at the house, and waited for Janet and then attacked her with it. No, that didn't happen. I mean... A 120-pound woman attacks a 270-pound man, and he feels the need to grab a wrench to defend himself. He was very scared. (laughs) (laughs) He had never been in a fight before. (laughs) You didn't know. She could say very mean things when she was angry. No. I believe what they said was the motive was that he was afraid if she left him or made him leave that his easy lifestyle would be gone because the Levines would no longer contribute to the household. He would not have his job anymore, and he would have to basically fend for himself like an adult. Like a human being. I, I'm positive that that's the mo- I mean, that makes a lot of sense. Mm-hmm. I just... So they move her body, allegedly, to Kentucky. In the car. I where do you think the kids are at this point? Uh, they the, still be in Mexico, or maybe they. Hopefully, they've. Well, when they've moved, when, Arthur. So, so probably in Tennessee. With when in the when in the timeline did they move the body allegedly? Um, it was during that tw- fourteen days that she was missing. He okay, so the, so the kids were. Really, remember Arthur actually lived in Tennessee for a while. He left for Mexico shortly after Janet disappeared. Oh. No reason. Um, yeah, for no reason. He just no cost, a li- just cost a living. Yeah. No reason. Mexico. Normal. Normal. <laughs> um, me, Spanish? No, it's fine. Um, <laughs> I don't need to. Anyway, um, okay. So I just mean like the, the kids were probably realistically like with the grandparents at that point. Yeah. Yes, they they were. When he was arrested for her murder, they automatically transferred. Since Arthur was out of the country, his brother was somewhere across the country. They immediately gave custody to the grandparents, at least on a temporary basis. Okay. Which somehow makes makes it even worse that, that, I don't know. That he was going to have them killed, try to have them killed with his, his children living there. Knowing that their father had already was in jail for possibly killing their mother. <sighs> I mean, they're young, but they're not stupid. Well, right. I mean, and at, at this point, they're not that young. No, they're teenagers, at least. Yeah, they're teenagers. 
So Arthur says that they went to Kentucky and stayed in a hotel where Perry took a nap because he was tie tie. <laughs> and <laughs> he was very sleepy. And so Perry goes to sleep and lets his extremely elderly father who owns a green beret put her in the trunk of a car in an uh -huh. Arkansas when it, when it Arkansas? A, I thought it was Kentucky but Kentucky it was Kentucky my it bad. was Kentucky where he finds a huge brush pile that he expects is gonna be burnt soon mm -hmm. it's so fucking horrible <laughs> and puts her club finds three holes that have been dug by the crew that's doing it puts her clothing in one hole and her in another yep um so he takes the detectives to the place that that was and they don't find anything yeah but you have to think about how many years i mean the well, way right, he grabbed the body it was wrapped in cloth so it wasn't you know the natural process of decay has probably already taken effect you know right and also if I mean, I don't know. There's <sighs> the detectives believe Arthur yeah. because even though they don't have a body, they say that his story never changes no matter how many times he's asked yeah. about it. He is. Whereas Perry's has been all over the place. Whereas Perry's has been as all over the place as his facial hair. Um, so then, in August of 2006, like almost 10 years to the day of the disappearance, Perry finally goes to trial for her murder. Um, my note here says he continues to be a giant knob. <laughs> and he continues to give interviews and express his, his innocence, even though he was sentenced to 56 years. Part of that was for attempted murder on... Uh -huh. The Levines and second degree murder yes. on his wife because and, they could never found a body. Yes. And like it's my understanding that during the trial he was like the worst kind of witness to defend. Yeah. <laughs> like just the arrogance. Well, you have to admit, since his so he was no longer in Mexico working, whatever he did in Mexico, whatever sub-law he practiced in Mexico, mm -hmm. his father's now under arrest. Uh, the Levines have cut him off, I'm sure, many years prior. Mm -hmm. So you would have to imagine he's probably down to a public defender by now. I don't know. I don't Maybe. know if that's I, true or not. He might have had money, you know, squirreled away somewhere, but yeah public defenders are bad lawyers but i also know people that are public defenders and they have an astute habit of either wanting to plea things out because they know the majority of their clients are probably guilty yes and it helps you i mean you can get you can clear cases faster because you just they're over yeah, yeah. overworked and that and they don't get paid enough to defend that kind of idiot it, it's the level of idiocy is almost unbelievable. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's almost unbelievable. Um, so, like, 
Arthur gets this deal that he's going to do 18 months, and then a judge is like, no. No, <laughs> no that's not going to happen. He buried like, a dead body. No, I'm sorry. That's not going to happen. So he gets five years, but mm-hmm. then dies real soon. Yeah. Like four months into his sentence. He, had, he was sick during the trial. He was actually too sick. Right, because that was why he had a... Heart problems, I think. But like a taped... Yeah. Thing like he what they didn't bring him into the courtroom. He was no. they he taped was. his statements and played them for the court. What he only served four months. <laughs> <laughs> In the end, he got even less time. But, <laughs> well, that's that's that, bad. That's yeah, that's bad. That I don't know why that that hurts me a little bit. I don't know why. <laughs> this is dark humor, folks. I know. Michelle and I are masters <laughs> of dark humor. <laughs> So, since when Perry was found guilty of all this stuff, some of which he is undoubtedly guilty of, at some least, of which yeah. he is... We know he's guilty of trying to kill his... Yeah, 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 yeah. Some of which I'm personally in my heart know that he's guilty of, but we don't really... We'll probably never know what actually happened. We'll probably never know what actually happened. Unless he finds Jesus and, you know, decides to clear his conscience. He's Jewish, so. Well, yeah. I mean, he married into a Jew. And they never said if he was Jewish. I knew the Levines. Um, Well, so they did mention in the thing that I watched that um, her family was pretty thrilled that they were getting married. Um, So he would have had. He was like a nice Jewish boy. Okay, cool. That was... Okay, so scratch the fine Jesus part. Or, I mean, maybe. I don't know. <laughs> maybe if a, you know, a nice weird rabbi happen. talks to him and... Weird things happen. Uh, if you want to lie in Mount Sinai, you should cleanse yourself. Sure. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, um, so since then, he has petitioned for a larger jail cell. Mm-hmm. He has um, petitioned for his kids to be sent back to Mexico mm-hmm. to live with his Mexico wife. Who is, yeah. Let's send them out of the United States back to a developing country. And then, um... To live with a single mom now that will have five children if they send them back to to raise. Well, they have four, five, six. Six children. Didn't we decide it was six? Yeah, six children. She had three, and then they had one, and then he had two. So, let's... Let's let this poor single mom in Mexico raise six children, uh-huh. and let's take these kids out of the lap of luxury with their rich grandparents mm-hmm. in that in the United States. Good plan, Perry. I mean, and at this point, the kids are grown ups. So they are. They could have said, "Nope, not going back." But also, I mean, I think in two thousand six, I guess they would have been teenagers. But oh yeah. Anyway, um, he also. This is the icing, the cherry on top. Mm-hmm. of this true crime Sunday here is yeah. that he also maybe was planning to escape jail. Yeah. <laughs> now that is that is speculative and alleged. However, <laughs> somebody in jail uh, we'll say a Billy Givens type character <laughs> alleged that Perry asked him 
to like help him plot an escape. At least he was wanting to plot something. And not just like try to run when he's in the yard and climb the fence right in front of the tower guards, which is what I would expect of him. I know. He was like, I'm pretty fast at running. (laughs) (laughs) You zigzag. You just got to zigzag right on out of there. It's no problem. You do a distraction. (laughs) And I zigzag zigzag out of the... Um, What we do know about that is that someone, an informant in the jail said it, which... I don't know. Listen, I'm not saying that that definitely happened, but I'm saying like it matches his previous uh, MO. Yeah. His previous MO. But also then shortly thereafter, he was in fact moved to a different to a different jail in Wartburg, Tennessee, which just reminded me what great names places in Tennessee have. Like uh, Soddy Daisy. That's my Soddy Daisy. That used to be. Possum Trot. Big Sandy. Big Sandy. What's it? Uh, Buck, Buck Snort. Buck Snort. <laughs> I've been to both Buck Snort and Possum Trot. <laughs> Actually. And we are not making fun of Tennessee. We both no. are Tennessee. Yes. <laughs> yes. I mean, she was born, Michelle was born in Tennessee. I was born I in was. But I've lived Which here. Which is like, I mean, may as well be Tennessee. Been- Very few people are actually from <laughs> Nashville. But. Except for, except yeah. for me. Yeah. I'm, I'm the only one. Very few and native Nashvilleians. Very few of us. I like to think that I'm kind of a townie at this point. Yeah. <laughs> I, think after I don't like years, to think that, but I think it's the case. I think after 20 years here, I can call myself a, uh, a, a Tennessean. I think so. Yeah. I think so. God. All right. Well, what have we learned? We have learned that even rich people get caught. We have learned that money can't buy savvy. No. And we've learned that just because somebody's rich doesn't mean they're smart. Yeah. Mm-hmm, 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 and we've learned that uh, some people were never meant to be married <laughs> to to decent people. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. I um, I just feel really bad for like her parents and her kids, and and her. Yeah, and her. I mean, she was obviously her. I mean, she had a miserable marriage and then got beaten to death with a wrench, as far as we know. You know, what a what a terrible way to go, and like by someone that you love, that you think loves you. Yeah, that betrayal. (sighs) You know, I you know if you think about horrible ways to die, I've always thought that drowning or suffocating would be the worst, but being beaten to death, I think that's right up there. Yeah. Yeah. That's a real like personal. Yeah. It takes some definitely a crime of passion. Deep-seated horrible anger yeah. for someone to do that. Doesn't so else. I'm willing to believe it was probably a crime of passion that he was angry that she was about to leave him or put him out and it just Yeah. Having said that, I know people are always like it was a crime of passion. Like I don't know that there is 
for me personally, a time when I would be like that angry or upset that my passion would lead me to beat the shit out of someone that way. No, I could definitely be pushed to the brink. I think the only way that my passion would maybe want me to put, lead me to put my hands on somebody is if someone attacked my wife, my fur babies, my mother-in-law, my mom, my dad. I think I could be persuaded to kill somebody at that point in, def in their defense. But just getting angry at somebody about whatever, I don't think yeah. I could ever get to Even that Even if point. you were going to lose all your money. <laughs> I mean, I might could be persuaded to punch them in the nose, but I don't think well, that. Well, sure. You know. I think that that's the, that's the difference. I don't know. Yeah. So like, we, always, no. we always say like crime of passion as if I guess I don't really think that people say crime of passion to give people a pass on things but I just it's, it seems like such a, an easy way to dismiss that, that kind of stuff as like oh that's just human nature and I just don't <laughs> I don't think right. that it is I think you have to be well, a particular there are true crimes yeah I think that's why they came up with the different derivative called, you know, justifiable homicide, which is mainly mm -hmm. people that are self-defense or in the defense of others. Yeah. That's, you know, but then everything else, okay, yeah, it may be a crime of passion, but it's still a crime and it's still yeah, a your murder. Passion was, yeah, your passion was bad and wrong. Yeah, your your passion's fucked up at that your point. Your passion sucks. Yeah. <laughs> God. All right. Well, I made this myself is, sad now. I'm sorry. That's all right. I've enjoyed this tremendously. This has been so much fun. I have too. So I will have everybody, if you want Michelle to come back, give me a thumbs up on, on the comments below. I'm sure I'm going to get a lot of them. I'd love to have you back. Again, I'd love to have play. you back to do another case. Sounds great. You can, you can choose it. All right. You I can sure choose will. it and I'll, uh, I'll do my research. I'll, did I do too much research? Did I need to just talk No, you were about perfect. <laughs> you were perfect. I normally, sometimes I find myself always taking the lead and kind oh. of asking questions. So it was nice to have somebody that had delved into the case as much as I have. Well, and I could just I, um, actually discuss it. I can't seed control that much. So <laughs> you're welcome. Well, I'm beta. At least my wife says I am. So okay. that fit right in well, with this me. Is, this, feels like a, this feels like private talk. <laughs> <laughs> No, just in life, <laughs> just in life, like I won't walk until she walks. It's just a, I don't know what it is. Interesting. I'll cut this part out. Uh, you, uh, you <laughs> don't have to cut anything out. That's fine. <laughs> cut out whatever you want. All well, right. did we do it? We did. We we're good. Did we do it? Yeah. That's a wrap. Wow. That's a wrap. All right, well, everybody, I'll see you soon again on Keto and Crime and Thought Crime. Thanks for tuning in. If you want to support the uh, podcast or the channel, links are below.